It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer All the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue But you can't bring the truth to me Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA Okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast presented by 18 Birdies. This is the Wyndham Championship 2018. Let's get to it. What's up, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. We are presented by 18 Birdies. If you guys download the 18 Birdies Golf app in app stores for free and then use promo code TOURJUNKIES, you get one free year of premium access. Now, the app does a lot of things, but one of the best things it does is if you like to play real golf and gamble with your buddies, the 18 Birdies app makes it super simple. They have do- a dozen gambling games you can play on the golf course, and all you have to do is put in the gross score, and it figures everything else out by handicap, what you owe, what your buddies owe, points, all that fun stuff. It's fantastic. Promo code Tour Junkies. Then play nine holes, and you get premium access for free for a year. It's great stuff. This is the Wyndham Championship 2018. Pat and I are going to do a lot of recap of the PGA. The PGA with all the storylines between Tiger the fans in St. Louis, Brooks Kepka. There's some there's some hot takes about Jenna Sims, Brooks's girlfriend that you don't want to miss. We're going to spend some time talking about the PGA. Hope you guys aren't too upset about it. We did do our research. We make our picks. We give you our one and done. The guys we don't like, the guys we like in cash and GPPs for the Wyndham. The FedEx Cup Championship and the FedEx Cup playoffs are on uh, in a starting next week, and that's going to be an influence as well. So we're going to talk a little bit of strategy this week. We hope you guys enjoy the podcast. We'll be back next week as always. Thanks for downloading. May your screens be green. Here you go. Hey, Pat, what's the podcast juice of choice tonight? Uh, A little vino. Vino? What kind? What what kind do you think? Rosé? Yeah. Yeah, we're in the dog days of summer. Yikes. You know, golf is winding down, and uh, so I'm just just enjoying a little nice glass of rosé. I'm actually mixing it up a little bit tonight. Um, I'm, I am drinking Tito's, but I've mixed it with a little peach tea. That's a southern, that's a southern drink if you've ever had one, which also kind of feels summery, you know? It's kind of summery, peach tea. Yeah, it is. So, not a, not a fan of peach tea. Ooh, I love peach tea. There's nothing like it. It's fantastic. I don't drink sweet tea, but if a place has peach tea, I'll drink peach tea. You know, oddly enough, I'm not a big sweet tea fan either. Yeah. Same. Well, uh, welcome everybody. This is the Tour Junkies podcast for the Wyndham Championship. Coming at you, Pat. We have. Some fun stuff to discuss. I think we are... Let me, let me just go ahead and lay the groundwork here. It's the Wyndham. It's the last regular season PGA Tour event uh, before we head into the FedEx playoffs. 
We're going to break down the field. We've done our research. We've got our picks, but we're going to move pretty quick through the picks, or at least we're going to try to. We say that a lot. We don't always execute, but we're going to try to move p- quickly through the picks, but I feel like there's a lot to talk about with the PGA, with the PGA Championship. I also want to talk about the Ryder Cup a little bit, as we as we are going to do incessantly until probably a week or two after the Ryder Cup is over, because we're so excited. So... That's kind of the flow of tonight, but I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about with the PGA Championship, Pat. And the first thing I want to do is talk about our picks, okay? Um, now, the here's what here's what we got right, okay? Here's what we got right this week, and that is Brooks Kepka. We 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 like we like some Brooks Kepka. You know, a lot of people did. He was like twenty something percent owned. Brooks just did his thing. He fit this course to a T. He was fantastic. We got Brooks right. The other thing we got right is our cash plays. You know, last last week we really tried to nail down our GPP and our cash plays of the week and our fades. Our cash plays, seven of our eight cash plays made the cut. The only one that missed the cut was a cash play for me, and that was Luke List. Um, so if you took our cash advice, you probably did pretty well. Now, we, I got to go ahead and say the rest of our picks weren't very good. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, we apologize. You know, here's here's the thing. It's golf. We we don't we don't get it right a lot. So we messed that one up. We we our GPP picks. We had a lot of miscuts. Bubba Watson was one of mine. Luke List was one of mine. Charles Howell was one of mine. Um, I think Aaron Wise. Did I say Aaron Wise or did you say Aaron Wise? I think you said Aaron Wise. Yeah. I think he was one of mine. You had Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau, Siwoo Kim, Bo Hostler, J.B. Holmes. Or was that me? Did I have J.B. Holmes? I don't think I had J.B. I think I had J.B. Holmes. Hostler, we just had a lot of miscuts. Yeah. We, we, we had a lot of miscuts. Um, our fades, our fades we did okay, but we also we did fade Tiger, <laughs> who finished second. And he finished second at kind of lower ownership than I would have thought. So it probably would have paid off for you to have Tiger. We also faded Jordan, who finished 12th that you know, he was a little pricey, but he was low-owned. That probably wasn't the best fade. And then we also faded Adam Scott. You did, actually, I think, specifically, who finished third. I think you are correct. It was me. Yeah. Um, the rest of our fades didn't do very good, so we got those. But those are the three that we really whiffed on. So we're sorry. Um, we just want, just want to get that out there. For all you people who think all we talk about is the stuff we get right, there you go. So screw you, and um, sorry that your screens were not green. <laughs> we don't we don't build the lineups for you, okay? That's like half the battle. I was thinking about that. Like half the battle is build is is picking the right guys, and then building the lineups is a whole other issue. I did not have green screens primarily because late in the on Wednesday night I started, man, like you know how when you're building lineups and you keep getting like that for that, for that like sixth guy or that that core player, it fa- it keeps falling in between this one little range, and you just you're making yourself go to this guy. I did that with Paul Casey in about 60% of my lineups, um, mm-hmm. and that just absolutely ruined me. So no green screens for me. I'm on like a three-week slump right now. Kind of on a, a two-week slump right now. Back-to-back weeks, I've not been good. So how about you? Yeah, same. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't great at all, um, especially not on DraftKings. Now, I did, I did break even on Fantasy Draft. So There you go. At least I had that going for me, but but not on DraftKings. It was a, it was not a great week. Uh, definitely, I had some DeChambeau, Bubba. How about that bet? Just turned out to be nothing. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, Shambo did play better, but they both missed the cut, so it didn't really matter. And as I predicted, you didn't come up with anything that I would have to do if if Shambo won the bet. So did I technically win the bet, or, or did they have to make the cut? I mean, well, or I one mean, of them. Okay, to make yeah, the cut? you won the bet, but you didn't tell me what I was doing, so I didn't. I wasn't even able to agree to anything. Like for all I know, you could have told me to like kick my dog down the stairs, and I would have never agreed to that. But you don't. You, like I said on the podcast, you would not remember. And you were like, give me 24 hours. And I was like, okay. And then you didn't remember. So I can read you like a book. All right. We well, got off easy that time. The only thing more predictable than you is Brooks Kepka winning majors and playing yes. well in majors. Um, all right. So that, enough of that bad stuff. That That's bad stuff. I want to talk about what really matters, and that is Tiger Woods. Um, not the guy who won the tournament, but the guy who finished second. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Oh, my God. Like, I mean, do you remember in the beginning of the year just thinking about what was going to be a successful season for Tiger? You know, like, just being healthy, like, being able to play in the tournaments that he wants to play in, free from injury, um, being able to even just tee it up for all four majors, maybe make all four cuts. That was the win. And and this this guy has given us so much more. I mean, he was leading the, the Open Championship on the back nine uh, on Sunday. And, and then he gives us what he gives us at the PGA on Sunday with a 64 on Sunday. was just unreal. The, the man didn't hit a fairway on the front nine and shot, what, two under, three under on the front nine? Yeah. Didn't hit a fairway. Um, and the crowds, I mean – What's your what are your thoughts on, on Tiger and and that whole Sunday deal? Because it was pretty nostalgic if you were if you were you know if you grew up watching Tiger dominate. It really was, and you know you bring up a good point because when we're starting the year, we're just kind of thinking about what what is what is success when it comes to Tiger. And you're right. I mean, I I don't know. I could you could probably roll back the tape and see exactly what I said. But I mean, I, I thought if we just got you know healthy season, got you know some excitement from him, I did. I think I did think he might win a tournament, and he still might. But I mean, he far exceeded the expectations. When you just look at how he's been, kind of you know on on and off tour the last few years, missed a yeah. ton of time. I just did not think we would see what we did. And Sunday was just the culmination of that. I mean, it was just absolutely fantastic. I'm sitting there at a at a bar at a golf course, and young and old are going nuts in there every time he does anything. It was it was just golf is is kind of coming back into a, a great place with him there, and it was just it was so cool to watch. I was I mean. Just the shots that he was hitting in the in the key moments, and I mean, it was they brought back the old days with him, and I think we're, there's more to come. And it was just it was just a great tournament. You know, the 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 atmosphere was incredible. Those fans were awesome. I mean, you didn't hear a whole lot of like Baba Buies and whatever out there. I thought St. Louis was was fantastic. I know the course was. You know, a little bit, I don't want to say controversial, but there were some that thought it might be too easy for a major or might not be a major-type course. I, I thought it delivered. I mean, the, the entire, the course, the fans, everything delivered all that you want out of a PGA Championship. Yeah, mad props to the people of St. Louis. Like, it was, 
you know, they they typically get acclaimed as great sports fans, but they truly showed it. I mean, the 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 crowds were awesome, the galleries were awesome. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to to see, you know even to see on TV. Um, big fan of of those people and how they showed up. Um, you know, the venue is what it is. The PGA Championship, we all know what it is. It's like why why are you going to get mad? You know. I mean, you know, if you go like like you know, if you go to the movie theater, you're gonna pay eight bucks for a coke and you know eight nine bucks for a popcorn. Like you can't you don't you can't get pissed about it. You know what it is going into it. The PGA Championship's the same way. Like it's gonna be a scoring fest. It's not gonna be the most difficult test in golf. It's just not. So just accept it and move on. Um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I don't I don't mind seeing it. I don't have to see you know, the Open, the U.S. Open, and the PGA all play, like, on these impossible golf courses. I don't have to see that, so uh, yeah, I'm fine I mean, fine they with all it. have their own unique aspects to them, and, and this is, the PGA is yeah. exactly what we saw. That That is what the PGA should be every single year. Yeah, um, but it was it was amazing to watch. I mean, Tiger looked so good. I, I, he, he lost nearly a stroke off the tee this week. Um, and Brooks gained like five and a half strokes off the tee, and he was, <laughs> and so and he was that close to be his his iron play was as, I mean it was vintage, it was vintage Tiger. It, it wasn't Did you even see like him on was it fifteen, where he just almost holds it out yeah. and then he's literally pissed in the fairway that it didn't go in. <laughs> I was like, "This is ti- this is the tiger of old right here." I don't know. See, I don't think he was pissed about that. I think he was pissed that he did that, knowing that he just bogeyed the hole before. And had uh, he not bogeyed maybe, the hole maybe before. it was, yeah. But but it was vintage tiger. I mean, the, the shots and the swagger. But but it's also a new tiger. I mean, just the whole the whole the way he goes about it. You know the. So I saw him smile, you know, and, and you see him waiting for Brooks at the end and all this kind of stuff. Like, there's definitely some new parts of Tiger that I do enjoy that are a little more personable, and it looks like he's enjoying himself a little more. But on the golf course between, you know, when, when he pulled the club back and he let it go yesterday, it looked as vintage Tiger as anything we've seen ever since yeah. kind of the fall off. I mean, it's it was unreal. So much fun to watch, and, I mean, we're going to talk about the Ryder Cup a little bit more in a second, but he basically he locked it up yesterday. I mean, if it, if it was even if it was even in question going into yesterday, going into the PGA Championship, he locked it up. I mean, that just the swagger and the play and the aura and the leadership that he'll bring as a playing captain to the U.S. team in Europe against a really tough European team on their on their soil is going to be invaluable, and to have him in form as a playing captain is going to be incredible to watch absolutely incredible so yeah and yeah you're right there's there's no way he's not on the team now no there's not a chance now of course you know brooks i mean what can you say about brooks in fact so pat i haven't even told you this i did this today i went back and listened to our brooks kefka interview um today and (laughs) it's hard hard to believe that happened yeah, let me just tell you, it was a train wreck. <laughs> it was an absolute train wreck. The edited version that made it to the public ears is not great, 
the raw uncut version is an absolute train wreck. <laughs> uh, you you went to the the raw uncut. Oh, I went version? to the raw version. Listen, so if you guys don't know, if you just started following TJ, Brooks Kepka was one of our very first interviews. Uh, he was like the third guy we interviewed. It was in late 2015. It was like I think it was like November December of 2015. Um, it was it was it was December I think. Yeah, we we didn't release it until February. But, oh, man, what a disaster. Me, me and Pat were like, first of all, we, we were brand new to this whole tour junkies thing and podcasting and asking questions and interviewing people. And sort of the whole thing, the whole thing was awful. Um, and second of all, I was nerding out big time over Brooks because I was already a huge Brooks lover long before Brooks became what he was. Um, I was so I was geeking out. It was just so bad. So here's what I'm going to do, though. I, I edited it down to where it's not embarrassing to you and me. Uh, it's only like 11 minutes. It's uh, is that? Do you need to take that, Pat? Or are you going <laughs> to silence your phone during the podcast? Or sorry, yeah. I mean, <laughs> going back, we're going back to the 2015 days, so I might yeah. as well make it realistic, we're, right? I mean, we're only 170 episodes <laughs> in. You think you could, you know, silent your phone for us? You need to take that. Do you need me to pause while you answer that? You get no. Sorry, that was actually the computer, not not my phone. Mm. But. Um, but anyway, the the interview after I edited it down was like eleven minutes with Brooks. But it is a jam packed eleven minutes. And to go back, dude, it's crazy to go back and hear some of the things that he says in that eleven minutes. The dude was a freaking prophet. Like he he basically. I, I want to re-release it. I'm probably gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna finish editing it up this week, and I'm gonna re-release just that interview. I mean, he's a three-time major champion now. He's been on our show when he was nothing, and to hear a couple of the little things that he says are when no one really knew a lot about him are so interesting to hear after the fact. So be on the lookout for that in your podcast feed. It's a short listen. Um, he wasn't able to stay on with us very long, and plus, he probably thought. Who are these numb nuts that I'm on the phone with right now that can't get their act together? So he just hung don't, up. Uh, you don't remember all the phone problems we oh, had? No, I do remember. I do remember all. I listened to it all today. I listened to it all today. Yes, it was awful. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure at the end, I'm pretty sure that at one point Brooks was like, I can't take this anymore. And he just hung up on us. I th- I'm pretty sure he pulled the whole like, hey, got, but, that, but, you're cutting out. And he just hung up. I'm. I'm Hundred percent certain that's what happened. Yeah, um, but I mean the guy played amazing. He, listen, we talked about this in the last couple weeks. The dude shows up for big events, and wait till you hear this interview. He's going to tell you about it. But he just shows up at big events. It just is what it is. A couple weeks ago, he played in what the RBC Canadian. We said he'd be in full don't give a rip mode, and he was, and he sucked like. The guy just turns it on and turns it off. There's a little extra focus with these majors. It's interesting. It's really interesting to see a player like that. Um, but he was just unfazed Sunday. I mean, he really was. And, and you know what stood out to me Sunday watching it? If you watch his back nine, this man with Tiger on his heels, Adam Scott trying to make a little run. You know, Adam Scott was firing at pins. And, and you could almost understand Brooks not firing at pins. Like, hit to the center of the green, two-putt, get out. Brooks was firing at tucked pins in the corner of these greens 
with trouble short-sided and, like, leaving the ball between the pin and the short-side fringe. Yeah, I know. I mean, a couple times I'm like, holy crap. Did, like, did he mean to do that? He was going after it. On he his, was. Not on playing it safe one bit. Not at all. Man was flag hunting. Completely unfazed, fearless. It was pretty It was pretty awesome to watch. I mean, I, I got to be honest, like, as much as I like Brooks – like a lot of people, I wanted Tiger to win. And so when, when, when Tiger bogeyed and Brooks finally made a putt for birdie on the back nine, I was like, man, it's kind of a bummer. It was a little little anticlimactic. Speaking of anticlimactic, what are your thoughts on the putt on 18? <laughs> That's some – I've never – I don't know when I've seen that before. That is a great example of Brooks in DGAF. I don't think mode. he cares. Like the protocol of the tour does not matter for him. Or, or, he does or not in care. Any event. <laughs> Just doesn't care. I'm just going to go ahead and putt out, even I, though I I'm. Think he, I think he said something about like it was in Adam's through line or something. Get, get out what? of here. <laughs> Come on. Get out of here. I, that was the most Brooks Kepka move. That was the biggest power move. And you know what's funny is like honestly though, the, the announcers were all talking about how weird it was. Honestly, his response wouldn't have been any different. Had he been the last one to, to, you know, had he marked it, let Adam Scott putt, and then he tapped in, his response would have been no different. He'd have given, he'd have given his his boy, uh, <laughs> you know, his boy is it Ricky, uh, his caddy. Yeah, uh, Ricky Elliott. He he'd have just given Ricky the same handshake, same little take off the cap. His reaction would have been no different. So I guess he was just like, I'm just gonna get this out of the way and tap this thing in, be done. He's just so mellow. See, that's the stuff, though, I think you actually should really appreciate about Brooks. Like, I think he gets this, and, and probably I kind of like that about him. He, he has this rap that he's, you know, obviously he's, he's, you know, kind of a meathead, sort of boring, doesn't really say all that much. But some of the stuff like that is, is pretty, I mean, I, I like it. I just, I mean, I like how he plays the game with just no fear and everything. you got to respect it. It's awesome. It's very, it's fun to watch if you, if you, if you watch golf a lot and know he doesn't have the the emotion that a guy like Tiger has, but still, it's still fantastic golf. All right. Um, before we move on from the PGA, the, the last thing I think we really need to talk about is Jenna Sims, Brooks's girlfriend. Hmm. Um, I have a few, I have some opinions on, on her after, after yesterday. After I have some opinions as well. You do? Mm-hmm. What, what, I'll let you start. Why don't you throw out, throw out an opinion of Jenna Sims? I'll just say that, um, I mean, she seems like a lovely woman. Um, <laughs> but as dominant of a day as it was for Brooks, it was not for Jenna. Uh, she just, explain that. I just, I don't know. I mean, it, there's all this talk that she's just this, you know, like, I guess you could say, like, well, DJ's his boy. So you, you talk about, you know, you know, Paulina Gretzky, who's just an absolute bomb, just a, just a dime. I don't know about Jenna. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think it's a little overhyped. That's, I guess that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, okay. Um, first of all, I have a couple things. You know, you said as dominant of a day it was for Brooks. Well, I think Jenna tried her damnedest to dominate. How attention-seeking was that broad after Brooks won? 
Was but it just she me? wasn't like I, I agree with that. She probably was, but I didn't think she was like dressed to the nines like she would like she was I I'm don't know. Talking, I'm not talking about her clothes. I'm talking about her literally like positioning herself as camera centered as possible from the moment like Brooks from from the moment Adam Scott made the last putt until the broadcast went off. But like, but is that her or is that the broadcast? No, dude, it was all her. Did you see her when they were walk Brooks had this long walk from the green to you know to to the scores the scores thing. And the whole time, like, Brooks is trying to say hey to his brother, his agent, Claude Harmon, all these guys, and, like, he's walking with these people talking. And Jenna's, like, in the background. She looks like she looks like, like, like some of those funny reporter videos where, like, people are doing a live report on the scene, and there's the guy in the background who's, like, jumping up and down, trying to get in the camera shot, waving his hand. She was so attention-seeking. She looked really stupid to me. It was very unbecoming, very unbecoming on her. She looked like just an attention-seeking wag on the tour. It was not a good look. She's like w- trying to get up next to Brooks in front of that camera, patting him on the rear, grabbing his arm, you know, weaseling in between him and Claude and all these other people. She looked very, I, I don't know, she looked like she was trying super, super hard. If, if, if this were the first major, and, she, and I honestly didn't feel like she acted like that the first couple of minutes. If this were the first major and she did that, dude, I'd be, I'd, I'd be like red phone ringing to Brooks because this chick is psycho. You need to be careful. <laughs> and and I think I think we all need to, I think, I think there needs to be some attention paid to how this chick acts for the next couple of months because she, she might have tipped the. Cra- I think the crazy hot scale is, she might be in trouble. I, I don't know. It was just. I thought that was really not a good look for her. She looked super goofy, like a little kid trying to get in front of the camera. Do you not? Did you not notice that? Like, did you not? I, did, that? I didn't notice that, but I don't know. Maybe you notice that kind of stuff. I just, I just thought she looked like a little kid, like bouncing in front of the camera. Okay, the other thing I want to talk about you brought up, and that is that she just didn't look. Yeah, I mean, we so we got a we got a text message from our boy Ben Little, who writes a chalk bomb. Who, by the way, nailed Tony Finau. Great chalk bomb call, almost a complete miscut, but he went absolute off his rocker on Friday. But still, <laughs> that's a whole other subject. But. That is that is, yeah. But still, Tony Finau is like twenty eight percent owned or something, and he finished like fifty something. So great chalk bomb for Ben. But Ben texted us last night, and literally as he texted it, I was thinking it. And he was like, I don't know, I'm just going to say it, but I don't know that Jenna is all that. And I think that's a pretty, no pun intended, I think that's a pretty hot take. And I think I agree. And I think that's kind of what you're saying. So it sounds like we're in agreement that maybe Jenna, like Brooks could do a little better maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. Maybe it's just a bad day for her. I mean, she she was too attention seeking. She she whatever else. I don't I'm know. not a fan of the really like really hard pulled back ponytail, like really slick down to your head. I'm not a fan of that look. Plus, her ears kind of stuck out a little bit. It just wasn't the best. <laughs> We're being so. It, it really wasn't a... the best. It just wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I've. I, I did think the first couple majors when she was on his arm, I was like, "That's a that's a that's an attractive young lady." Um, 
but I don't know. Yesterday she kind of took a she took a step down, and, and Brooks is just such a, a man dime right now. I mean, even the the announcers just salivated over him the entire weekend. Uh, I I don't know if she keeps acting like an idiot after he wins golf tournaments and keeps rocking that slick back ponytail. Brooks might move on. I'm just throwing out a warning to, to Jenna if you're listening. <laughs> so that's my hot take. I think that's a, I, I sounds like we all agree. So it sounds like Team Tour Junkies kind of feel like Jenna is a little overrated. I think, yeah, that was what I started off saying, and then we went for a few more minutes on other things, but yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> All right, so add us on Twitter and tell us if uh, you think we're... There's going to be some adding, I believe. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some adding, which is fine. Um, All right, that's the PGA. Ryder Cup, man. The first eight of the Ryder Cup are locked in. Basically, nothing really changes. Webb Simpson locked in his spot in the eight spot. Really happy to see him. Paul Tesori, friend of the podcast, make it to Paris, lock that in. Oh, man. I'm just getting super excited about, about Ryder Cup, for sure. So... We also feel like Tiger locked it in, even though unofficially locked it in. He's got a, f- a few more weeks before the next, before the three captains' picks are are selected. And then there's going to be one more after the FedEx Cup Championship. So, um, I mean, do we still feel like it's Tiger and Phil or locks? Do, do you agree? I agree. All right, so yeah. I agree with that too. Tiger and Filler Locks, so that leaves a lot of people are talking about. That leaves DeChambeau, who is currently in the ninth spot, Matt Kuchar, Kevin Kisner, Xander Schauffele, Tony Finau are all kind of in that conversation. Who are the two that you would pick, and then who are the two that you think are going to be picked? If it were me, the two that I would pick would be Shoffle and Kiz. Hmm. Because you didn't pick Kiz last time we talked about this. I think after sh- another good showing in a major, though. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think, but I think the ones I right now. I mean, my heart wants Kiz on the team. I think he's a great addition to the team. We. I mean, I've I've said it a ton of times how much I think he's just a great team player, match play guy. But right now. I don't think I think if if you know Coach Furick is is choosing, it's going to be Shoffle and Finau. And I don't understand Cooch. I mean, I've you heard a lot. You think he's going to pick Shoffle and Finau over Deshambo and Cooch? You, you think he's going to pick two two rookies like that? Uh, well, you know, actually, I was I was kind of not even thinking about Deshambo. Yeah, I don't know. I would probably I would probably say Deshambo and and Shoffle kind of forgot about Bryson but I think he's being in that nine slot isn't it fairly traditional for that that nine slot to be picked oh yes which I freaking hate if uh, like so if he's in the nine slot I just don't even know if he's I don't think he's gonna not make I think you're only you're only going for one other guy see I don't know man I I think I think Furyk the saving grace is how horribly Bryson DeChambeau has been playing in the last month and and what a head case he's been. We just talked about this. I just talked about this a podcast ago. I think he's a head case, and he's been playing awful. So I think if he continues to suck it up in the, in the, in the FedEx playoffs, if he sucks it up in those, that's the only chance he doesn't get on the team. I don't, I don't want him on the team. 
at all. Well, I mean, no. Shoffle, Mickelson, um, Kiz, Finau, all those guys could pass DeChambeau if if they have yeah. a good – I mean, they're not that – well, Kiz is probably a little bit too far behind, but not like – definitely not Shoffle and, and Mickelson and those guys. I mean, they could easily get up there. I don't get the Kucher thing either. Like, I get the Kucher pick if you needed a couple more veterans on the team to, like – but – when you're bringing on Phil and you're bringing on Tiger, I just don't really know. And Kucher's just not – he's not been himself. He's not having the same season he had last year. I don't really get it. He's not hes not backdoor top ten Kucher, which we saw all year last year. I, I don't really think he brings a whole lot of value there. I don't understand that, that – I don't understand the desire for Kucher on the team either. So, to I don't, me – I mean, here's the thing. He's, he's like – they – they say, well, what a great kind of locker room guy he is and whatever. I know he loves playing ping pong with the dudes and whatever. But, I mean, he's not playing that great. Make him a vice captain or something. He can still play ping pong in the locker room and be a good, you know, whatever, teammate yeah. as a vice captain. But he doesn't need yeah. to be playing. I don't think, you know, I don't think he's going to be a great partner right now. I mean, so I just I feel like that's a, that would be a wasted spot if they take Cooch right there. Yeah, I'm not going to be happy if if we take Kucher. I'm not going to be happy if we take DeChambeau either, but I'm going to understand it a little more. I, I'm not going to understand the Kucher play. My my thing is, I, like, obviously I want Kiz to play as well. I think the thing that Kiz has going for him is the President's Cup and just some of the camaraderie that he has with the guys. Um, also hung out with Kiz a little bit tonight, as uh, as documented on Instagram at his foundation event. And I know that his wife, Brittany, has been working with Jim Furyk's wife on some uniform stuff for the Ryder Cup for a couple months. Maybe that, maybe that helps. Um, but I, I really want kids there. My my problem is determining who I like better. I think the I think the pick between Shoffley and Finau is tough. They're both rookies. They both have similar skill sets. You know, I, I know we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I, I think I ruled in favor of Shoffle just because I feel like he's more of a killer. I think he's more of a killer instinct on the golf course than Tony. I agree with that. That's exactly um, what I was thinking. And, and they, ha- they have both showed up well in big events, both shown up well in majors. Obviously, Shoffle won, won, won Eastlake last year. So I think maybe you'd give a slight lean to Shoffle, but, man, I mean – Females. I do not envy the position that Furyk is in because yeah, he's got a, he's got a, some like a, extremely tough decisions to make here in the next few weeks. You know who's not going to make the Ryder Cup? Who? Peter Millar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Peter Millar is sure? a real person, um, but I do love his clothing. Thank you, Mr. Millar, and he has. So kindly agreed to help out the Tour Junkies and the listeners of the Tour Junkies for basically the rest of the year, which is pretty freaking sweet. Big shout-out to Peter Millar. Um, We've got more clothes from Peter Millar here lately, Pat, and just like we said last time, you put them in the washer. They don't shrink. They don't have to be ironed. They don't have to be dry-cleaned. You can put them in the washer and dryer. It's just super easy maintenance. You don't ever have to worry about... Well, is it right for this occasion? Is, is it too fancy? Is it too casual? There's all kind of good stuff there. It's it's your go-to for vacation, work, golf course, whatever. 
Check him out on social media too, at Peter Millar and at Peter Millar Golf. It's uh, it's great stuff, and they are continuing to partner with the Tour Junkies uh, podcast right now. You can head over to petermillar.com slash Tour Junkies, petermillar.com slash Tour Junkies, and on that page, you will see some of the favorite items that me and Pat have actually bought and worn and we like. We've got them up there for you. You're not limited to that. You can go shop other things if you don't like Pat's style. It's probably Pat's style that you're not going to like. Mine's pretty good. But be sure to use the link, and you will get complimentary shipping and a free Peter Millar hat. That's PeterMillar, M-I-L-L-A-R.com slash tourjunkies. PeterMillar.com slash tourjunkies. Complimentary shipping and a free hat. Very nice. Don't Thank forget you, the ladies either, David, because you and know my women, wife yeah. loves Peter Millar. She yes. loves it. She's got yes. a new pullover from there. She's got Ooh, she's got some other stuff. She looks fantastic in it and mm-hmm. and it's comfortable for her so there you go. that's but one of, it's one of the few golf companies that or golf clothing companies that i've gotten her to wear so but still not getting a Ryder cup selection um yeah yeah not not in not in form um i'm just i'm pumped man uh, i'm pumped about the Ryder cup we're gonna be there i'm pretty sure we've mentioned that before but i just oh I'm so excited, and I really hope Kiz gets in. That would be fantastic. European team, too. They, they've got four guys locked in right now. They do a little more captain's picks, a little more subjectivity there, which I actually really like that approach. Um, I do, too. But they're going to be a force to, to reckon with as well. That's that's for sure. Man, God, speaking of that, what freaking Rory. God, if there was ever a golf course that fit Rory, he should have just lit this. What course was up. he doing, man? Oh, and and he was driving it in places that no one was driving it. Like, God, he killed me. All right, Pat, let's move on. It's time to talk the Wyndham. Hit us with a little course breakdown on Sedgefield Country Club. Yeah, so this week we're at the Wyndham Championship in Greensboro, North Carolina, Sedgefield Country Club. Another just good old classic course, 7,100 yards. It's a par 70. A Donald Ross design. This is actually the only regular tour event which is a Donald Ross designed course, which is incredible to me because he's designed a million courses. Um, but this is the only regular tour event. Um, it typically plays as one of the easier courses on tour. As a matter of fact, it was 37th. Uh, in 2017 and 37th difficult in 2016. So just not a difficult course at all. These guys should absolutely light it up. Uh, you got Bermuda from tee to green. Sort of average green sizes, not, not huge. Um, the rough is going to be fairly easy. I think you do need to scramble well. When you look at traditional Donald Ross designs, the raised greens, that kind of stuff, you do always have to scramble. Um, I don't think that's a that's like a, a, a stat that is going to be a key stat for me, but something I'm going to look at when maybe decide between a couple different players. You look at the par threes here, you got two that are over 220, and then you've got two that are right at 175. But they typically play pretty easy. They're some of the easiest on tour. The par fives are both reachable. Pretty much everybody in the field, I mean, they're at 529 and 545. These guys will be able to, to, to hit these this green in two. They should be making birdies. They should be scoring eagles here. Um, 
you know, looking at the par fours, there's there's nothing like terribly long. So look, this is a course that's it's here. We here we are the week after a PGA. It's a, it's an easy course, but it's a, it's a fun course. They're gonna have a, you know, they're, but they are gonna score. Um, they're gonna they're gonna club down. You just I mean, it does not necessarily favor the bombers at all. Um, they'll be able to club down off the tee. Um, fairways are relatively wide they're not you know they're not extremely hard to hit so i don't think driving accuracy is going to be an issue whatsoever uh for me stats are uh, going to be recent form course history also looking at birdie or better percentage got to look at DraftKings scoring uh, again it's a scoring fest this week past champs you had henrik stinson in 2017 siwoo kim in 16 Davis Love the third. If that tells you anything about who can win this tournament, I mean, he was he was up there in age, and he won it in 2015. That's his last tour event that he won. Camilo Vajegas in 2014, and then Patrick Reed in 2013. So none of those guys really known to be bombers. This is a ball strikers course, and it's it's one of those where you just want to pick those guys that are in good form that are scoring. So there you go, David. Heck, I think more than DL3 winning, I think Camilo Vajegas shows you how anybody can win this. Yeah, tournament. that's probably um, true, too. Stinson, Stinson won last year and did not hit a single driver. So, I mean, you do have bombers. I mean, Stinson hits the ball a long way. Siwoo Kim's not short. DL3 was pretty long in his day. Yeah, but you don't have, what I'm saying is you don't have to. Yeah, yeah you don't have to. to yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I'm. I'm with you on a lot of those stats. I think you're right. It's a good approach. It does open it up to a lot of people. When you got a birdie fest like this, you know, Stenson winning at like 20 under or whatever it was, birdie fest like this is going to open it up to a lot of different folks. Um, So I did look at birdie or better percentage. Um, Also looked at proximity, looked at – I like proximity as well. Looked at fairways gained. Fairways gained on Fantasy National – so, um, you know, essentially a little better stat than driving accuracy. But fairways gained and proximity were the two that I weighted the heaviest. Then birdie or better, and then scrambling, kind of like you mentioned, strokes gained around the green, I weighted a little bit. Um, not not super heavy, though. Uh, and then, obviously, course. You know, they've been playing Sedgefield for, for a while. Um, so course history and recent form. I do want to talk about just kind of a strategy for the week. I mean, you've got an event where – uh, we're coming off a major. You've got a lot of uh, – it's kind of a crappy field. Um, you know, we've definitely seen worse. If You know, a couple months ago we, we saw worse. But you, you've got a couple of things. You've got FedEx Cup Bubble Boys and Ryder Cup Bubble Boys. Um, only a couple Ryder Cup folks. But FedEx Cup, you've got a lot of stuff on the line here. I mean, the FedEx Cup playoffs start – next week and you have to be in the top 125 in the fedex cup rankings to play and then the following week is going to go down to top 100 and then the following week after that it's going to go to top 70 and then the east lake is going to be top 30 so um you know looking at guys who are outside of that 125 or maybe just inside of that top 125 or even the top 100 or top 70 those guys are still looking a couple weeks ahead saying i need to get as many points as i can I think that extra motivation is always something to look at this time of year. I think that's why, you know, there's a few players in the field who, if you look in the last five years, they haven't played at Sedgefield because they haven't had to, and now this year they have to. Uh, For example, Sergio Garcia, who won here in 2012, hasn't played here, I think, since then. So, or maybe he played in 13 as a defending champ, but he's back because he's like 100 and 
130-something, 131st in the FedEx Cup standings. So dude's got to make a move if he wants to compete for $10 million. Um, so I think there's a little bit to be said for that. And then in terms of the Ryder Cup, I think it's more of an issue for a couple of European tour players that we can talk about here in a minute because they have eight picks that are kind of subjective captain's picks to me there's a a little bit left um to be to be looked at here now there's a um the nordia masters i believe is going on this this week and actually more Ryder cup points are awarded for participating in that than in this event however you know i still think for a couple of guys in this field the coaches, you know, the, the captains of the of the European team, Thomas Bjorn and those guys, are not going to ignore if a player comes in and plays really well at the Wyndham. Um, so I, I think that's still something to look at. Would you agree, or you you're, you're not really waiting waiting either one of those into your your decision? No, I mean I think it's definitely something to look at. I, I don't think for the U.S., but for the no, European no. squad for sure. Um, I actually think you could think um, a different way when it comes to Webb this week um so well let's talk about this top tier and obviously um we got to credit fansharesports.com for you know providing the ownership projections a week in and week out if you guys aren't using fansharesports.com if you're playing gpps and not using fanshare you're not doing it right so these guys are basically listening to every podcast and trust me there's a lot of them out there now they're reading every article, they're reading every tweet, they're doing all kind of stuff, telling you who's getting talked up and who's not. And if you log on to fansharesports.com come Wednesday night before you set your lineups, you will have a much clearer idea on who's getting talked up and who's not and where the ownership is going to fall. And I think that'll be interesting in a week like this. And I love weeks like this where there's I think there's definitely an edge to be gained when you have a weaker field and you don't have a ton of stud names at the top that are just automatic plays. Fanshare can help you sort those out. So let's get to the top. You've got Webb Simpson, who basically, you know, he, he dominates this place. I mean, strokes gained over the last five years, 38 here at Sedgefield. Named his daughter after this event, Wyndham Rose Simpson. So <laughs> the dude the dude obviously loves him, some Sedgefield. What do you think about Webb? Are you going to play Webb at 11-6? See, I actually I'm, I, I know all the – that stuff and whatever else, but I'm going to fade him this week. Um, I know it's, you know, right around where he lives. I mean, he's in Charlotte, but he's, you know, just this is, he's kind of the hometown kid. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't like that price. I like playing guys that are a little bit lower here. I think I can fit a better team in if I fade him. Um, I know he's pretty much got everything going for him. But when you look at it, I mean, he's he's 42nd in the field in, in drafting scoring. He's 84th, which is just – or sorry, not 84th. He, yeah, he's 84th in birdie or better percentage, 47th in ball striking. Now, this is over the last 24 rounds. But I don't know. I mean, the stats aren't exactly there for him. Um, so I think I'm going to fade him. And you know what? Here's the thing. He, one, he – obviously wanted to make this Ryder Cup team, and this is what you were talking about earlier. He's made it into that top eight. He's coming off a, you know, a, you know, probably what was an emotional week at the PGA trying to make it into that top eight. So I don't know. And we see these guys that they, they come in, and I know he's played this course well, and he's played this tournament well, but I'm going to fade him. I'm going to make the bold call of fading him this week. 
Well, and I think in a week like this, when you have a lot of, you know, when it's a weak field and you have guys that feel like you're overpaying for them, the the most of what's going to happen is most lineups are going to lean a little more balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually not going to do that, and, and I, I'm I'm going to play more of these guys in this 10k and above range because I really don't even think in the balanced kind of price point there's a whole lot of guys in here that i like that much more than i do in the low sevens um or mid sevens so um but i'm not playing Webb and i'm not playing hideki however i am interested in the next three i like stinson sneds and rafa um we'll see kind of how ownership shakes out with those three stinson is defending champ he likes to play the week after majors he likes that it kind of you know, keeps his concentration a little bit. Missed the cut last last week at the PGA, um, so maybe you know some folks a little bit off of Hendrick Stenson. He's seventh in the field in fairways gained over the last twelve rounds. Um, yeah, so I, I even though the form isn't fantastic, I I kind of like him in a field like this. That three wood, he's just going to keep pounding. Probably not going to hit a driver all week like last year. So. I think he's interesting. We'll see what we'll see what ownership shakes out to be. And and I like Snets at 10-4, which is freaking crazy. Like, had you told me at any point in my lifetime that I would be touting Brant Snedeker at 10-4, I would have told you, hey man, you're crazy. But I'm I'm gonna do it because I think he's gonna go completely passed up. I, I don't think many people are gonna play Snedeker at all at that price tag. Um but second to Webb, I mean, he's got incredible history here. Um, 21 strokes gained in the last five years here at Sedgefield. You know, he's, he made the cut at the PGA, shot rounds of 69 over the weekend. You know, nothing crazy, but um, proximity numbers are really good. Birdie or better is pretty good lately. Scrambling's pretty good. If he can hit some more fairways, I think he'd be, he'd be a great play. And then Rafa, who played really well this past week, uh, checking the box and fairways gained, uh, scrambling, makes some birdies when he needs to. Um, tied for fifth here in 2016. He's in good form. And I think Rafa is one of the two European Tour players that I'm going to talk about tonight that is is kind of in that Ryder Cup conversation for the European team. He was on the team last time at Hazeltine, um, but he's, he, he's needing one of those subjective captain's picks. So... I think he's got to show up. I think that's why he's here, and um, I like him at ten one. So those are three guys that I think I think I'm going to play. I'm, I'm interested in those. And other than that, I'm really not interested in hardly anybody until we get into the the eight K range. Any thoughts on on the on those guys or anybody else in the nines? Yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, I'm, Rafa is probably my favorite player up here, nine um, K and above. I love him this week for all the reasons you mentioned. I mean. Recent form was good with the PGA Championship. Like you mentioned the T5 at or 2016 here. He's top 10 in birdie or better percentage, ball striking, all that kind of stuff. I think he's a great play this week, so he will be a guy that I will play a lot of. Um, definitely like Sneds. I think you're right. I think he's going to be lower owned. People are going to kind of just skip over him at that 10-4 price, but I, I do like it. And he's kind of got some sneaky recent form. Um, like that proximity number for him, so I'm, I'm totally with you there. I don't know about Stinson. I, I'm not sure whether or not I'm going to play him right now. I mean, I know he's obviously the defending champ, 
but I may end up fading him. Um, other than that, there's really not. I mean, I think he could make make a case for Neiman at 9,700. Um, he is number one on tour in birdie or better percentage since he's been in on tour, I guess, um, and in birdie or better percentage on par fours. So I think that there is a case to be made, certainly for playing him. He he is a scorer. Um, didn't have the greatest week last week at the PGA Championship, but I do like some Neiman, so I think I will have some of him in the line, in my lineups. But other than that, there's really not anybody in that 9K range other than Neiman that I like. Okay. Um, I am going to play the, – the only other guy I'm going to play in this range is Ryan Moore. 15 strokes gained here in the last five years. He's in decent form. 9K um, – He's actually checking a lot of boxes for me. He's 19th in the field in fairways gained, 5th in proximity, 16th in strokes gained around the green, all in the last 12 rounds. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think Ryan Moore is definitely in play. I mean, not, not the greatest. Well, he, and he won here in 2009, so yeah. there's not – I mean, you know, he's definitely got that, that history here. So Tita Green, he's been a little off um, – he was a little off at the PGA, but 12th at the Open Championship, um, 13th at the Greenbrier before that, 13th at the Memorial. So, I mean, he's he's played he's played nicely. And 9K for a guy like that, I think, in this field is not too shabby. You know, on Stinson, you talked about not liking Stinson. His, his problem has been the putter. I mean, at the PGA, he gained almost three strokes tee to green, but lost almost four putting. At the Bridgestone, and he missed the cut. At the Bridgestone, he finished 39th out of, what, 70? He gained almost five strokes tee to green and lost over six putting. So if the putter can just turn around a little bit, Stenson's still tee to green, one of the best in the world. I mean, he's absolutely elite tee to green. And these aren't impossible greens. They are are a little bit, you know, there's some undulation on them, but uh, with his proximity numbers, um, I don't know. I just... I feel like Stenson could pop, so that's that's where I'm going there. Um, all right, AK range. I'm gonna roll with Julian Surrey. I almost, I almost talked him up last week, and I didn't. I didn't pull the trigger on him. I didn't roster him. I didn't do any of that. But I think Surrey's an interesting play. Um, he's probably not gonna check a lot of boxes for you just because of like I don't know, like his his ball his, striking really isn't there. But I think yeah. But you're not getting like you're not getting full on numbers from the European tour stuff. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree. P- I PGA agree. finished 19th, Open Championship he finished 28th. Uh, I mean, I don't know. The, the dude is an absolute stud. He scores in bunches, in good form. I just think Surrey is interesting. You still have a lot of the population, especially in a big GPP. Yeah. That don't really have a clue who he is, or no, and I love him. I'm not saying. I'm just really saying interested. if you look at if you're if you're looking at stats and he's not you know popping for you from a ball striking standpoint. I, I don't know if that's that may be concerning, but but I don't know if that that's not going to put me off of him because I don't know if it's bringing it, it's pulling in you know everything we need to know. All right, who else you like in the AK? Well, I like uh, Harold Varner the third. I think he's a good play up there at 8900. I know he's you know. 
obviously considered a little bit of a bomber, but, I mean, the guy has great recent form. He was top 10 here last year. He's top 10 in DraftKings scoring, top 10 in ball striking. Also, he's in the you know top 10 in proximity, so I think HV3 is a great play at 8,900. Um, Surrey was the other guy I'm totally with you on. I think Stricker at 8,300. I, I, I just have a hard time avoiding Stricker when he's in a field because you know he's splitting time between – you know, the regular tour and the senior tour. He plays the courses that he likes um, when it comes to the PGA Tour, courses that aren't extremely long. He's a, you know, a, just a, a great ball striker. Um, I think this is a this is a good course fit for him, so I do like some, some Stricker there at 8,300. Um, well, I have one more pick in the 8K that I really like. Before I tell you about that, I want to tell you guys about a new thing called Ethos. Okay, ethos. Think of all the things you guys work hard for. You provide for your family, your home, a college education, all your lifestyle, all your lavish living like Pat does in his gated community (laughs) and stuff. Well, how do you make sure that all those things are still possible, Pat? How do you do that? Even if something unexpectedly happens to you, like you get hit by the beer truck, you know, one of these days. Life insurance used to be a pain. Okay, you deal with an agent, it comes across like a used car salesperson. You got to go get a blood test. You got all this paperwork, fine print, legalese, all that stuff. Now with Ethos, the application only takes 10 minutes online. You get honest, upfront pricing and no doctor's appointment for policies under $1 million, Pat. So you could leave Sally $999,000 and you don't have to go to the doctor, okay? Get your free quote, submit your complete application in just 10 minutes right now at tourjunkies.getethos.com. One more time, tourjunkies.getethos, E-T-H-O-S.com. Thanks, Ethos, for helping my boy Pat leave yeah. Sally some Quan when he dips. Yeah. Um, all right, I got one more play in the 8K range, and I'm going back to my Ryder Cup European tour. Needs a little needs a little showing here, and that's Matthew Fitzpatrick. Not a guy oh, I'm usually on. But but here's the thing. If you look at some of the form, you think, meh, not real thrilled. Okay. But I think this course sets up better for him. You know, the bombers track at the PGA Championship. Not a great spot for him. Firestone, WGC, not a great spot for him. The Open Championship, let's chalk it up to bad side of the draw. The Scottish Open, tied for 14th. The U.S. Open, tied for 12th. The BMW PGA, tied for 8th. The Heritage, 14th. Courses where it's more of a strategic ball in the fairway, you know, short course, I think that fits him uh, a little bit better, obviously. Um He's more accurate off the tee. And I think, again, he's in that he, – he's a little bit further behind than uh, Rafa Cabrera-Bello in the Ryder Cup discussion. But, I mean, he's he's trying to make a case for the Ryder Cup. So, at 8,200 in GPPs, I don't mind a little Matthew Fitzpatrick. I'm not going to pl- – I would not play him in cash. Um, but I, I definitely don't mind. I don't mind him. In cash, I really like a Cabrera-Bello – um, Sten- or Stenson with a Ryan Moore pairing and then kind of going down here there's there's some other guys I like I still kind of like getting up there with Stenson and Bellow and Cash which is a little counter to what I normally do in Cash hmm. but well there's some guys in the 7k range you could pair up with them there are some guys yeah all right so do you want to start the 7k or you want me to I'll start 
Okay, go ahead. Um, so right near the top, CT Pan's kind of yes. kind of love CT. You know, Pan. he's he's popping for me again at seventy eight hundred. Checks the box and ball striking. He's top five in birdie or better percentage. Just a absolute score. I like him at seventy eight hundred. I think he is he's a good play this week. Chris Kirk seventy five hundred. Yes, you're come, stealing all my guys. I mean, come on, he's scoring ball striking. He's number one in the field in proximity. He's made 10 straight cuts and in 20 of 24 cuts on tour this year. He is about as lock as a cash lock can get this week. I love him. Yeah. Um, so those are my two favorites. Kind of a well, I don't know. I like Johnson Wagner too. 7500. Oh. Course history, recent form oh. is good. He's gained 16 strokes o- over his last five events. I like some. Some Johnson Wagner also. So there you go. There, there. I hope I didn't take all your guys, but those are kind of seventy five hundred. Wow. Yeah, you literally took all three guys seventy five hundred above. Complete agreement, people. Complete agreement. Now I will say this: um, I do love CT Pan. I do love Chris Kirk. I think both of those you can roll with in cash. I don't know that I play Wagner in cash, but I like both of those guys yeah, in cash. Um, CT Pan one hundred and eighth in the FedEx Cup standings currently. So. He's good, you know. He's probably good for getting in next week's event, but he's going to want to earn some points to make sure he locks up the uh, the week after um, in the top 100. So you can see a little extra motivation for CT Pan. But yeah, love CT Pan, love Chris Kirk, even have Johnson Wagner circled. Wagner's got a great history here. He's actually in pretty good form. Also, 136th in the FedEx Cup standing. So he's got to make a move. He's got to be top 125 to even have life next week. So I think Wagner is is definitely in play. Checks the box in fairways gained and in birdie or better percentage. He's also a North Carolina boy. So um, and we've seen Wagner play well in kind of these certain hometown events. Uh, so I love I do like Wagner and GPPs at seventy five hundred. Man, yeah, you totally stole totally stole my thunder on that one. Um, but yeah, total agreement. So we can move quickly there. Seventy four hundred. Um, I'll start. Uh, there's not a whole lot here. Um, I, I'm I'm interested in Sam Ryder um, at 7,300. I'm interested in Sam Ryder. He's checking. He's checking the box in fairways gained. He's checking the box in proximity and birdie or better percentage as well. Um, he's 115th in the FedEx Cup standings, so he's going to have to make a move to play uh, in the next couple weeks, and he's he's got to lock in next week's event even. He's gained 15 strokes over the last uh, six weeks on the PGA Tour. Ryder's a good pick to me. Solid play. And then right below him, uh, or actually, let's see, right above him, Rich, Richie Wierenski. I'm also a fan of. He, he threw in a top 10 here at the Wyndham last year. He's gained 19 strokes over the last six weeks on the PGA Tour. And he's on the – he's 100th in the FedEx Cup standings, Richie Wierenski is. So he's – He's got to play well to get himself into, you know, weeks two and three of the FedEx Cup playoffs. He checks the box in fairways gained, proximity, and birdie or better percentage. And for those that value, I think Ryder and Rorinsky are uh, are interesting to me. Other than that, um, I'll just throw I'll just throw in a couple more. Uh, I think Ryan Armour is interesting. He's in poor form, but he finished fourth here in 2017. You know, short knocker, accuracy type golf course. I think he's interesting. Um, and then, you know what? I haven't had this. I haven't had this in a while, Pat. 
uh, it's been a long, it's been a few weeks, honestly, since I've oh, had this. Gosh. Um, but, uh, and, and he's, he's not checking, he's not checking a ton of boxes. Okay. Um, but Tita Green, he's been, he's been pretty good here lately. A 22nd at the RBC Canadian, 127th in the FedEx Cup standings. He's got to move up two spots to play next week, and he's pretty cheap. $7,000. I have a case of the Garagas. I need some cream. I need a little ointment for my case of the Garagas. Yeah, we need you to get some ointment. That's it. (laughs) (sighs) Wow. All right. Well, you know what? Just like in that 7,500 and above, there's a couple guys we really agree on. I love Richie Wierenski. I think he's a great play for all the reasons you mentioned. Sam Ryder also, love him at 7,300. I think he's a great play as well. Um, I like some Wee Kim at 7,400. Good recent form. He's scoring. Birdie or better percentage. Proximity. He does have terrible course history. So if you're looking at course history, doesn't fit here. But I do like the way he's playing and the stats that he's fitting for this course. So I think he could surprise this week uh, at 7,400. I do like him. Also, JT Poston, 7,000. He's. I think this is a good course for him. I mean, you know what? He hasn't really performed well here in the past, but it's a shorter course. He's got a great you know, scrambling game. So I think JT Poston could, could definitely surprise this week as well. All right, so that's the seven K. We got the six K, um, and I don't, you know, I don't give an F about a lot of the guys in the six K. There's only a handful, but you know who else doesn't give an F, Pat? Who? Tommy John. Tommy John doesn't give an F. They give three Fs: fabric, fit, and function. And I know that's something you and I can agree on because we've both worn our Tommy John underwear here recently. So uh, I bought the Kevin Hart undies with like the little pockets in them which are pretty sweet they fit very nicely very nicely no wedgie guarantee very comfortable stay put waistbands for you boys who you know got a little dunlop disease luxuriously soft feather light moisture wicking all the goodness you can think of and they give three f's about your underwear so upgrade with tommy john today hurry up to tommyjohn.com slash tour junkies for 20 percent off your first order that's tommyjohn.com slash tourjunkies for 20% off tommyjohn.com slash tourjunkies. So we're getting you outfitted with Peter Millar, you know, and then under for your when, when it's time to get down, you know, and your lady doesn't want to see your tidy whities and your, like, Fruit of a Loom stuff. But if you can buy your underwear in a pack of six, you're doing it wrong, buddy. You're just doing it wrong. You're going to be in a dry spell. <laughs> in so, a pack of six. Yeah, you just need to get you to Tommy John's. That are real slick, man. They are nice. They are Dude, really nice. Dude, they are so... Fr- I never even thought... They're that nice. They are awesome. You actually texted me about yours. I got that a couple... I, I did. Because it and was it was awkward. a little bit raunchy. Yeah. But it was just saying that I've never... And I've, I'm, I don't even think I would ever text about underwear. But it was... They were just so fantastic. Man. It's yeah, great underwear. All right, um, 6K range. I got a few guys, actually, here. I, I think Vaughn Taylor's interesting at 6,900. Of course just, he is. You love some Vaughn Taylor. It just feels like a Vaughn Taylor event. If it's, in a, if it's yeah. a weird event that nobody's paying attention to, there's going to be some scoring. He's 111th in the FedEx Cup standings. He checks no other boxes for me, really. I mean, I don't – let me see. I don't – I'm pretty sure he doesn't, actually. Let me just double-check before I say that. What, where is it? Where did I say he was, 6,900? Oh, no, he kind of – 
proximity is okay. Um, kind of middle of the pack in fairways and birdie are better. I mean, it's not terrible. Definitely seen worse. But I, I think I think Vaughn's interesting. Um, yikes. Uh, Harris English. Yeah, he, he. I mean, he's played he's played okay here before. Gained eight strokes here in the last five years. He's 132nd in the FedEx Cup playoffs, so his season is uh, is coming to an end if he doesn't do something real quick. He checks no boxes, so just just be aware of that. Um, ben Crane tied for 37th here in 2017. Miss cuts pretty much beyond that. 144th in the FedEx Cup, so he's really got to do something too. 6400, you know, it's. It just feels kind of like a Ben Crane course. We've saw we've seen him play okay before. He's 34th in this field in fairways gained, 58th in proximity, and 44th in strokes gained around the green in the last 12 rounds. I mean, those aren't incredible numbers, but that's out of a big, bigger field. I don't know. It's just something. 64 Hundy. I think that's I think that's it. But Vaughn Taylor uh, is probably my favorite play in this range. Yeah. So that's it for me. Well, I like Mackenzie Hughes at 6,800. I think he's a good pick this week. Um, you know, he's, I mean, for relative to the 6K range, you know, he checks the box and scoring, also ball striking. Recent form has been pretty good. He was, you know, he's a Canadian. He was T8 in, in the RBC Canadian Open. He had a T16 back at the John Deere Classic a few weeks ago. So I think he could be a good play at 6,800. Also, Ricky Barnes. 6,800, um, has mm. very good course history. And you know what? His recent form isn't that bad. I mean, he was 17th at the Canadian Open. He was, you know, made the cut in both the Barbersall and the John Deere Classics. Uh, I mean, for a guy who's cheaply priced, uh, that's not so bad. And then down there in that 6,600 range, so we're, we're, going, we're going down pretty low, you got a guy like Cameron Percy, who was 7th mm. at the Barbersall, uh, checks the box and drafting scoring also ball striking he's made nine of 14 cuts that he's played on tour this year i like those odds when you're talking about a guy who's 6600 on drafting so cameron percy there you go yikes okay um all right pat we've got one and done to tackle here for the Wyndham. we're getting late in the season a lot of guys been used um, you basically, it's. I'm just trying to beat you at this point. That's what I'm yeah, trying to do. Yeah, you, you are. Um, I made up a little ground on you last week. I had Justin Thomas. Uh, who'd you have? I had uh, DJ, who was in great yeah. position going into the weekend. But yeah. So I am eighty-one thousand dollars behind you in the one and done i'm going to go with henrik stenson defending champ at the Wyndham. haven't used stenson this year tita green game been phenomenal i like i like little henrik stenson that's where i'm going Whew. well i'm gonna go with i'm gonna keep your Ryder cup thing i'm gonna i'm gonna turn this against you here and go with rafa cabrera bella mm. you're gonna you're gonna use rafa against me well, since you you think that you know there's motivation for Ryder Cup and all that, I do. I think there is. I think there's a little motivation. All right, good stuff. Good stuff, man. We will be back next week to talk FedEx Cup playoffs, the first event of the FedEx Cup. It's an exciting time. Golf is in a fantastic place. I'm just pumped to talk about it. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. May your screens be green. Please leave us an iTunes review. A uh, nice one. 
if you don't mind, if you haven't done that already. Actually, and if you have, but it's been a while, you can still go back and do it. We'd appreciate it. You can do it again, and I, Apple will let you do that. So you should, you should, you guys should do that. Thank you. We appreciate it. Pat, good to talk to you as always, man. May your screens be green. I need some green screens. I need to get back on the green screen train. So let's have a good week for the Wyndham. Okay, buddy? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. See you. Out. Point out the colors of you. I see them too, and boy, I like them. I like them. I like them. We wait to fly to partake in all this hate. We are here vibing. We vibing. We vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Point out the colors of you, I see them too, and boy, I like them, I like them, I like them. We wait to fly to partake in all this hate, we out here vibing, we vibing, we vibing. Alexa, play Ariana Grande. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.